When I was in college, I was in, involved in a, a focused Bible study and later in discipleship and led my own Bible study. And one of the things we talked about with the student leaders uh, at the time, we have different ways of talking now about basically the same thing, but the phrase we used then was unity of life. Um, the, the virtue of basically being the same person in every group of people. Um, not being one person here and one person there. One person when you're leading your Bible study and another person on the weekends with your, with your buddies. Um, it's a, sort of the opposite, if you want, of hypocrisy, of saying one thing and doing another, um, which is so at the heart of um, the resistance to Christ and the Gospels is this, this play acting, the, the religious authorities pretending that they are good, but in their hearts they harbor all kinds of evil and judgment and selfishness. Um, but it's very hard to live unity of life, um, to be one person all the time, because we're fickle, we're human beings. We, we, sometimes we wake up in the morning, we feel like, I'm going to have a great day today. I'm not going to eat between meals. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to pray. And then we get to like three o'clock in the afternoon. We haven't done any of that stuff. And we're like, maybe I'll just watch Netflix. It's snowing outside. You know, we, we just tend to, to change our minds a lot. And we also feel a lot of social pressure. You know, we want to be accepted. And sometimes doing the right thing or, or saying what we truly believe about something um, will cost us that kind of social acceptance. And, and so we dissimulate, which is a fancy word, to, like be two-faced, two different people, three or four different people, depending on who we're with or what the circumstances call for. But what we see in Jesus is perfect unity of life. He's the coming together of God and man, but in one authentic, authoritative person. And people are amazed when they see this kind of unity of life. That he just says whatever he wants because he speaks, like they say, with authority. He teaches with authority. Not like the scribes and the Pharisees who kind of like, they have their bona fides, they have the letters after their name, but nobody really believes them because they're just out for themselves. But Jesus comes in like a lightning bolt and speaks with authority. Makes me think of... um, In 1994, Mother Teresa came to, she was invited by the Clinton administration to speak at the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C. And she was famous, obviously, at the time uh, for her charitable work in India and throughout the world with the missionaries of charity, taking care of the most destitute and the dying in the poorest places on earth. And just a person who lived unity of life and had moral authority. Um, And she spoke on poverty and uh, the need for people in power and people with money to take care of the less fortunate and and to alleviate human suffering. But she also um, spoke very pointedly on abortion, which was not very popular, especially with those who invited her. Um, And she she spoke about this with love, but in a very pointed and authoritative way, that this way of, of treating the unborn as a problem to be solved or an a, way, a, a thing that inhibits our freedom and that the solution to that problem is to eliminate them is a profound evil. And I think everyone in the room knew that she was truly pro-life in every sense, that she saw the value of every human life, even the most discarded, the most ignored. And they also knew that if you came to her and disagreed with her, or if you were a woman who'd had an abortion or a man who had helped procure an abortion, that she would still love you that you could go to her and talk and that she would love you and treat you with mercy. And that kind of authority is different than power. 
Even in Latin, auctoritas, which is what we get our word authority from, is totally different than potestas. Potestas is like Caesar. He, he can force you to do things. He can throw you in jail or kill you if he wants to, uh, to, to manipulate you and to coerce you. But auctoritas is like the authority of the teacher, the authority of the prophet, the authority of a Mother Teresa or a Christ the Lord, who, who comes in and doesn't force you to believe what he believes. He doesn't force you to change your behavior. He simply speaks with the kind of authority that cannot be ignored. And I would also connect the words authority and authenticity. They kind of come from similar roots. Authority is this power or influence, and authenticity is this genuineness, that kind of unity of life. And I don't know, it was, for me, the Holy Spirit is the only explanation, but when, you know, I saw in the church an inauthenticity, whenever I would see that, say in the scandals or, or leadership that seemed to be deaf to what was going on in the world or in the pews, um, while many people said, all right, well, the church is out of touch, all the, lawyer, the leaders are hypocrites, whatever, screw them, I don't need the church, or, or I'll go be spiritual and not religious, and those sort of, to me, it, and a lot of it was my own diabolical pride, I'm sure, was like, no, we can do better. There was something that I felt a call in there that the church needs authentic leaders, people like a Mother Teresa who, who see the dissimulation, the diabolical scattering of, of God's people. And that's so well represented in the unclean spirit that comes at Jesus in his authority and says, what do you have to do with us? This is one man speaking. The, the, the demons are legion. They are many. They're, they've divided this person into many different faces. And Jesus has come to expel that demon and to create, again, one authentic, unified person in his place. Um, that we all have this, of course, and none of us are here to save the church or none of us are here to be um, a new Jesus. We're, we simply need to be converted to him and to take in his life through the grace of the sacraments. But to respond... Um, when we see this uncleanness, this dissimulation, this diabolical division in the church, in the world, in our families, to look inward and to say, where, where have I been two-faced? Where can I live a more unified life to have that authority, that auctoritas, that when people listen to me, they know that I mean what I say, that I'm doing what I actually say I believe, that I'm not one person here and one person there to... Um, to truly let Jesus come in and, and unify what has been divided in me.